Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. Well, there we are again, happy as can be, dear listeners, just in time. Welcome to Achtung Millwall 105. My name is Nick Hart. As you can probably hear, I'm slightly out of breath. It was a bit of a throat journey. I think we've spent um, large slices of the last couple of days in queues of traffic going to or from the Rover Hive Tunnel, both sides of the water. So you join us for the um, Bill home game versus Shrewsbury, December the 10th, on a grey, mild but misty day in South East London. The floodlights are ablaze at the Theatre of Screams that is the den. Game's three minutes old. I missed the kickoff. The apologies. I don't think you missed anything as yet. It's nil-nil. I'm going to check the two teams, or check the, check the Millwall team, and see what the lineup is for today. Lions in their customary blue and white stripes for this season. Shrewsbury in an AC Milan-esque black and red striped shirt with black shorts. In goal for the Lions today, Jordan Archer. Back line is Joe Martin, Tony Craig, Sid Nelson, worryingly, and Marlon Romeo. Across the middle, we've got Sean Williams, Ben Thompson in the middle. Up front, Lee Gregory and Harry Smith. On the wings will be Fred and Shane Ferguson. Then comes a free kick from the right-hand side. Five minutes, ball in deep towards Craig at the back post. who headed it down with um, some care and attention. It falls to Ben Thompson now over on the left-hand side of the Bournemouth area. Ben wins a corner five minutes into the game. So, yeah, Jordan Archer, Joe Martin, Tony Craig, Sean Williams, Ben Thompson, Lee Gregory, Onya Dimmer, Romeo, Nelson, Ferguson, Smith, just to be uh, stumbled under uh, the stumbled way through the swamp that is the uh, Mill team lineup. Presentational wise. Corner, Shane Ferguson, five and a half minutes deep into the box. That's headed away by the Shrewsbury defence. Neil Harris persevering with Sid Nelson in central defence, more through necessity than choice, perhaps, with Hutchinson still out receiving major surgery, whatever he's having done to himself. After a slightly strange week's football with um, last week's cup game, last Sunday's cup game against Braintree, and then obviously the uh, the checker trade loss in midweek, 3-1-2 uh, to, to Wickham Wanderers. It's nice to get back to business. We've got some coverage of that um, loss at home in a checker trade trophy, the controversial checker trade trophy. 
on uh, Tuesday night. At half-time, I'm going to take you over to a conversation I had with Harry Warren in the aftermath of that uh, defeat on Tuesday night. Um, suffice to say, the checker trade dream is over, as I tweeted on the night. Millwall, along with a couple of other clubs, controversially drawing fines for playing weakened sides in that midweek trophy, despite, as the club uh, made clear on the, on the uh, News of Den website, fielding youngsters, which I thought was supposed to be the essence of the competition, which was to bring young players through, young British players into, uh, into first-team action, but only if you're in the Premier or Championship leagues, apparently. Not if you're a League 1 or League 2 side there. Your, place is, your, your, your role is to know your place in the, uh, in the upstairs-downstairs order of modern football. So uh, Mill going to get fined for playing that weekend side last Tuesday ahead of today's game, obviously. Um, there's a ball bob bobbing around the Mill end as I'm talking. It's going to be brought away by Harry. Um, yeah, what a joke of a competition. Um, Daily Mirror reported in the week on Twitter that it's going to be scrapped in this format next season. I think good riddance to it if it is. The Johnston's paint trophy had some... Um, some validity. Um, go back to that, or, or um, I think, as uh, as others suggested, bringing the uh, some of the uh, F, you know the major non-league clubs into a kind of an FA Trophy style format. But anyway, more of that later. Good work by Shane Ferguson on 10 minutes. Not an awful lot to report from the opening 10, from what I've seen of it. It's going to be a more throwing about halfway inside the Shrewsbury half down in front of me in block one. Lee Gregory left out of the midweek side with a, uh, Neil Harris reporting the, back, the recurrence of the back spasm. He seems to be suffering with his back. We all, one or two of us know about back issues. And um, he wasn't going to be risked on Tuesday night for that um, pony competition. But he's back here today. Good to see him back. Let's hope he's OK. See, of course, drew a bit of flack after um, weak performances on uh, against Braintree and um, or mistakes. Let's get it right. Um, weak performances is too much. Um, is, is too ge uh, general. It's too judgmental. He makes errors, and unfortunately, at this level of football, you get punished for your errors. But he did well there, so it'd be nice to see him pull himself together and and um, recover the early promise from when he first appeared for the Lions. He's, he's a mill boy for and through. We all know that, and we all want to see him succeed. Cut the Shrewsbury breaks from midfield, dribbles down the middle. They're, they're Rolling on here again. Last ditch tackles by the Lions defence have stopped them a couple of times in this opening 11. Um, they're looking to be a side that wants to pass the ball and zip it around a little bit. That's a wayward ball there. Um, they recover, however. Here comes Shrewsbury as the 12th minute approaches. Ball out wide right to the 15. Just trying to stretch the mill defence. What can he do, Mr. 15? He takes on Joe Martin. And gets his crossing. Always a percentage move to take on Joe Martin. That's headed back across the mill defence and cleared... Um, by Ben Thompson overhead and it breaks out now this is Fred on the right hand side crowd surge of energy as Fred gets the ball chasing it into the middle ball into the box too, uh, too long for Lee Gregory it's going to go for a goal kick uh, the quality of the cross there was not good enough from Fred but there we are it was a nice looking break on the 12th 12 and a half minutes Shrewsbury coming to today's game bottom of League 1 well so far they've not looked that bad but um, lost only twice in eight games in, the, in, in all competitions, the last eight games that is. Um, manager now Paul Hirsch, who took over from the wonderfully named Mickey Mellon in October. Wonderful names, M Mickey Mellon. I uh, once worked uh, in a place where um, neighbours were uh, Mrs. Mr and Mrs Sheath lived next door to Mr and Mrs Condon. Condon, not Condon, but it was still wonderful uh, juxtaposition, wasn't it? Do we do like a wonderful juxtaposition on this show?
Neil Harris speaking to the news at Den says we have to respect our opposition. They are bottom of the table, but you've still got to respect the opposition at this level. Anyone can beat anyone. I think Marlon was just guilty of a little bit of um, overflashing. This is a beautiful ball forward. This is Lee Gregory. Ball on target off the line by the 24. A little bit more power there. Off the line from Lee Gregory on 15 minutes. Real opportunity. Just a little tap pass of goalkeeper from the long ball out of defence. Let's watch it again. Long ball forwards. Gregory takes on the volley and touches it past the goalkeeper. The 24 was equal to the chase back. Real chance there for the Lions. First real opportunity of the game. Falls to Millwall on 15 minutes. Gregory admonished himself for missing that chance afterwards. Neil Harris again speaking to News of Den sees Mill as a top six side. I think that's probably appropriate. Um, top six side, and then from there we kick on. We find ourselves in an okay position at the moment, says Neil. But the sooner we get into that top six, little ball forward. There's a goal for Shrewsbury after all that talk of there being in the top six. I was reading, it was all breakthrough down the, uh, the left hand side, tapped home by the, the 16. Let's have a look at it on the replay. Little ball down the left hand side, little one two on the edge of the penalty. The striker comes through, space for the man in the middle. To, Slammed home actually from uh, the central defence. No one, no defender in sight. Once more, you've heard this show before, listeners. Central defence at full. 1 0 Shrewsbury, 17 minutes. Just to finish the quote, I was interrupted there by um, Neil Harris. Says it, it all starts with us winning on Saturday. Well, bad start there. No excuses, reckon Jimmy Abdu after the 3-1 home defeat on Tuesday. Well, no excuses for conceding that sloppy goal there from Mill. That, I think sloppy is the right word for it as well. Manson next to me just says it's too easy to score against us, and I think he's right. We are too easy to get goals against. And I suppose we wouldn't be having this conversation if Lee Gregory tucked away that chance just a few moments before the Shrewsbury goal. But there we are, these are ifs, ifs and buts. If my auntie had balls, she'd be my uncle. I've always loved that phrase. Um, it's, it's kind of like a... A crude beauty to it. I think that's what it is. I've always loved crude beauty. 21 minutes, so it's going to be the free kick now taken by Sean Williams. Halfway inside the Shrewsbury half central. Tap forwards. That's punched clear by the Shrewsbury goal. It's still bouncing around the middle of the penalty. Here's Harry Smith. He couldn't quite get his long legs on that one. It runs clear to uh, to Marlon over on the far right. It's going to be another ball launched into the mix from Sid Nelson now. Towards Harry Smith. He wins the ball. It falls to Fred. What can Fred do? He tried to side foot it home. Not enough power again, and here comes Shrewsbury on the break. Long ball forward from Williams, trying to seek out Fred. It falls to Fred. Chess set, can he go through? He can't. Last ditch tackle there by the Shrewsbury defence is Ferguson. 22 minutes on the left-hand side. Jinking inside the penalty area. What can he do? He's got two men in front of him. He gets the ball in. Fantastic work. It's headed almost home from close by Harry Smith. One-fisted punch save by the goalkeeper. Great work by the goalkeeper. Just about kept out again. Maybe the header could have done with a little bit more power on it, but he managed to get a fist to it and fist it away. An exclusive on the news at Den in the week, dear listener, that uh, Mill want Jez, Jez, Jed Wallace to return from Wolves. Now, I would imagine this is the kind of exclusive where conversations have been had and nods and winks have taken place, um, rather than the kind of exclusive where, you know, Mill could, we would love it if uh, Lionel Messi um, turned up at uh, Calmont Road. I think this is the kind of exclusive where there's some substance to it. So, possible return of Jed Wallace in the loan window, um, whether that's for the season or for... Um, another short-term loan, I don't know. I don't know how it works at this in the, in the January window. Previously played 14 times. He was a big favourite with the crowd, Jed Wallace. He, he made friends here. Posted a very nice message on leaving, going back to Wolves. I um, actually loved his time at the Den. and be more than welcome back here. He was a real dangerous uh, winger, striker. And um, gave us a real edge of um, quality going forwards. Worrell, Callum Butcher and Aidan O'Brien warming up down in front of us in block one. Worrell and... and Butcher have been looking into the crowd down in the lower. I don't know if someone said something to him. There's a few fixed stairs and a few stony faces. 
amongst the players. Uh, Aidan O'Brien, Stewart's ignoring whatever is behind. Warrell keeps looking behind to his right. I don't know what's been... Um, something, something's been said down there. I don't know what's going on. I'm too high up in the wrong stand to see it, but it's just interesting. Stony faces and fixed glares into the crowd. 28 minutes. Don't know what that's all about. Gloomy air, gloomy atmosphere of the ground, the matches, the um, the skies at the moment. Obviously, we've got this um, regeneration thing that never seems to go away. Uh, Lewisham Council next week are reconsidering whether to compulsory purchase the car park and the, the um, Lions Centre next door, the community scheme premises. Here's the free kick from the right-hand side. That's into the mix. That's across the mill box. That's going to go for a throw-in on the, on the far side. It's going to be for a Shrewsbury throw-in. So, yeah, Lewisham Council meets, I believe it's next Thursday. There's a Labour group meeting beforehand. A huge amount of um, pressure being brought to bear on the Labour Council to, to change its mind and not compulsory purchase the mill lands, or at least allow the club the chance to take part in the redevelopment. It, it is... Um, I'm trying to pick my words carefully here. It doesn't look right to me what, what's going on here. The Council are favouring um, an unnamed mystery company based in the Virgin Islands as the developer um, over the interest, it seems to me, of local residents, um, houses, businesses and livelihoods. Leave aside our football club and its ability to function with a building site going on outside it. Um, and also leave aside the great stuff that the community scheme does. Um, so, yeah, if, if you are on Twitter or Facebook, you'll see the activity. We're trying to keep the pressure up. Join in. We need as many as many retweets. We need as much pressure going into Mayor Steve Bullock, the Lewisham Labour Group, um, all the Cabinet Councillors. You can find out <clears throat> their names on the Lewisham website. Check out our own CBL underscore magazine Twitter feed. for You'll see it all on there, the AMS feed. We, we link in with them. We're doing a lot of work with the AMS. Got a lot of time and a lot of admiration for what they're doing on this. Um, yeah, so check it out. But yeah, big day for the Lions this week. And as I say, the, the lead and grey skies match the mood, really, because some of us think it might be a foregone conclusion that these Labour, sadly, Labour councillors are going to stitch us up and bend over backwards for the uh, offshore-based um, renewal. There was a ball into the mill box there taken by Jordan Archer, easy enough. Launches it forward to no-one. So, yeah, um, I, th I, think, I think the very future of our club in Bermondsey is at stake, listeners. I know that sounds dramatic, and some will say, oh, you're talking crap, Nick, but I think that um, if we're not part of this scheme, we're going to be strangled by it, and I think that's the, um, that's the truth of it. I think Lewis and I seem determined to strangle us so that we leave this area. It's probably worth too much money to them. And there's a break for the nine on the right-hand side of the Mill Penitentiary. shot is awful. Thankfully awful in 33 minutes. That's well wide, as you can hear, by the derision from the crowd. So check out our Twitter feed. You'll see it all on there. I know some of you might find it all that interesting, but, Jesus, it is really, really important. And um, sometimes you've got to take an interest in things that are faintly boring and, um, you know, not, not concerned directly with the football. But this is, this is our lifeblood that's going to be taken away from us, I think. 34 minutes. Mill corner right-hand side. It's going to be Williams to take. In it comes into the midst. There's oh, it's up the line. That looked like crossed it from where I'm seeing. That was uh, that was Craig, I believe. Let's have a look at that again. They might show it. It's a controversial one. It was taken on the line in real time. I've had there was a hint of it crossing. It probably wouldn't get it in uh, without the benefit of slow motion technology, which we ain't got. And this isn't, isn't um, legal, obviously, in football. Hint of it cross, having crossed the line, but and they're not showing the. Um, Replays a little rebounded shot from Fred. That's going to go for a corner. Second mill can call in succession on the right-hand side. Real opportunity for the Lions. Kicked off the line by Shrewsbury from that opportunity. 
Mill defender Paul Rooney has joined, promising defender apparently, Paul Rooney, Irish boy, has joined Torquay United on, on a month's loan. Torquay player manager Kevin Nicholson says he's a player he's come across when on scouting missions a few weeks ago. He wasn't particularly looking at him, but he was impressive in defence during the recent under-23 game that he saw. He says Mill have been very generous in the deal they've given us to him, and it's a great opportunity for him to come and test himself at a standard of football where the result is always the most important factor. I don't know what other, stand, what other thing there is at any level, but I look forward to him showing us what he's all about, and as always with any player on loan, we aim to send him back to Mill a better person and a better player. That's, that's a big, that's a tall thing to ask, isn't it? It falls to Fred on, on the edge of the penalty here, whilst I'm wondering how Torquay can send you back a better person. Sloppy play by Joe Martin, almost gives the ball back to the nine there. It's, it's going to be cleared in the event. Um, Jordan Archer hoofs it clear, but uh, Joe Martin just looks a little bit off, off key. Um, some will say when, doesn't he? But uh, it, just, it just did there. Um, man gets in the clatters, a man on the halfway. Another error from Joe Martin. He's going to be drawing some flack for this performance, Joe Martin. He's... he's um, for me, he's a, he's a step behind the ball at the moment, and he's just clattered a man to give a, a free kick to Shrewsbury just inside the middle half. No particular danger, but nevertheless, he's been caught out a couple of times in this half of football. 38 minutes. Don't particularly want to go two goals down. At 1-0, we, we, we're looking like we can get a goal um, with enough um, com effort. Continue. There's a little overhead kick there from the Shrewsbury striker. That's taken basketball style by... Jordan Archer in goal there. Um, yeah, we certainly don't want to go two down. We, I, I think there's um, plenty of hope from um, our forward play. In defence, we do look slack. I, I think you've heard this song before. Stop me if you've uh, heard this one line before. But we, we look fragile in defence, and every time Shrewsbury are coming forwards, they don't look completely incapable of getting goals. So it's um, wiring times. This is the nine twisting and turning on the edge of the middle penalty area. As you can hear, some disgruntlement at the... Um, Lack of drive in Mill's defence at the moment. 39 minutes. Sean Williams has been offered a new contract by the club. The current deal expiring at the end of the season. And the club will now begin holding talks on the midfield to tra trash out new terms. Just a misprint from the news at then. We're going to trash out new terms. I think, I mean, instead of saying it in the Irish accent, oh, they must mean thrash out. And this, I don't know what else. You can trash terms. I mean, trash talk. Trash terms. Williams, age 30, is one of a number of players out of contract that the club want to keep at the end of the season in talks with Fred on your dimmer. And um, Tony Cray's contract end, ends next summer. I think you can see him remaining here, dear listeners, because he is, seems to be the favoured son. Some frustration in the crowd, as you can hear. It's coming up to 40 minutes, just past us in actual fact. Shows on the attack. And um, I think Mill are making heavy weather of it. And I think there's a, there's a sense around the ground that, that this is... Um, you know, we're, we're wading through treacle at the moment with this team. Sean Williams going to take the corner and in it comes deep 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 the goalkeeper one-handed punch it does favor the one-handed fist for any of you double entendre fans out there he loves a bit of a one-handed fist 42 minutes harry it falls to fred on there's a bit fred just wants too much time for he just wanted a moment too long there and the man was upon him disgruntlement disgruntlement abounds harsh harsh sentiments abound around the den 43 minutes, we're losing by a goal to a team bottom of the table. And we've managed to make look quite good coming forwards. I think that's probably the frustrating. It's, it's as ever, it's the defence that is the issue. Um, we're obviously a little bit under the weather going forwards at the moment, but that, that you get a sense, we, you know, it's solvable. We, we, can, we can score goals with just one or two breaks. 
defensively, though, we just don't look good enough for me. Um, perhaps with some signings, critical signings in January, we can liven ourselves up to a point where we can make that top six surge that Neil Harris speaks about on the news at Den. But at the moment, it's, uh, it's unconvincing, if I'm honest. Just a minute time allowed at the end of this half, a frustrating half of football, really, from the Lions' perspective. Um, we've, made, we've made hard work of this, and we've contrived to get behind to a team that is, um, you know, having its struggles and its travails, and somehow we've managed to um, make them not look too bad. Um, as it is, I think that uh, we need a little bit more zip going forwards. It wouldn't surprise me to see Aidan O'Brien coming into the game. Half time, and um, yeah, the crowd not happy with that. Not happy with that. Um, justifiably so. Is this is um, as, as ever with the, with Mill, it's self-created um, problems. Um, certainly, the crowd don't um, don't hold back in their views and opinions. So there's the half time break. Neil one to Shrewsbury. We'll be right back after these messages. Achtung. During the half-time break, we're going to bring you a review of the Tuesday night 3-1 home loss to Wickham Wanderers in the glorious Checker Trade Trophy. Welcome on back on the show, Harry Warren O.H., Order of Holloway. Yeah, that's, that's not too bad. So, I think that's damnation enough. I had to go and watch the Checker Trade Trophy without being linked to Holloway. No, no, it's widely described as a poor game, Harry. I don't know, I don't know if you can elaborate on um, how poor a game it was last night for you, mate. Um, I think Braintree levels of, of excitement <laughs> in good. terms of crowd, that atmosphere, yep. to where... Uh, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know. Well, I knew Wickham had scored, but I didn't know they'd got a penalty from down the other end from where I was sitting right. um, until sort of after the whistle had sounded. I thought, oh, what's he given there? And he's given a penalty, kind of thing. There was no real. Oh, he's given a penalty for a tackle that weren't a penalty. But well, I suppose no crowd reaction, and that distance away is hard to tell what's going on, isn't it? There's no one there to scream blue murder or you know to pick it up. So how would you know? It's um, weird being an empty stadium watching a football match, isn't it? It was it was so weird. I mean, the uh, entirety of the Docker stand was closed. Right. Um, so the upper and lower tier to a point where at one point during the first half, Sid Nelson decided to lump it out of play for a throw-in. <laughs> and we had to get like some kind of non-league. We had to ask for a new ball because the ball had gone into the top half of the tier and there was no ball boys in the top half. Of it's like we're playing at the park, isn't it, really? You know, the ball's gone it in the was. bushes, you know. It was. It was unbelievable. I mean... Oh, as, well. a, as a game, yeah. it wasn't. We weren't that bad in in the sense. Obviously, it was a three-one defeat, but three-one definitely flattered Wickham. Right. Um, they have got a bit of the. I think Gareth Ainsworth has got a bit of the hocus pocus on Neil Harris, to be honest. Um, yeah, and I think maybe the checker trade trophy dream is alive in Wickham to a level that it maybe never would be in South Bermondsey. Um, it was a much changed team from Saturday, Harry, wasn't it? I mean, Tom Tom King in goal. Just looking at the, the pre-match um, tweets here, uh, Tom King in goal, backline. Um, welcome return for Sean Cummings, um, Sid Nelson, Tony Craig in central defence, Joe Martin on the left, and across the middle we've got Worrell, uh, Ben Thompson, uh, Jimmy Abdu. Twardek played as a winger, Harry, last night. Uh, yeah, 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 and then on your dimmer and O'Brien up front. Um, not bad looking side, I suppose. You know, there's obviously one or two um, players there getting getting time under the belts. Um, any standouts? Any any villains of the piece? Any any um, 
heroes, so to speak? Um, I think Chris Twardick looks a good prom uh, prospect. Yeah. I think he can. He's very much two uh, two footed with crossing. Right. Um, he can go, which would give us a different option. I think he's definitely forced his way in my book as definitely a player that should be in and around the bench at least as as something different. Whether or not he's ready to go into the first team, I would say not. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Definitely one to be on the on the fringes, sort of. If there was an injury to a Ferguson, he definitely is the next choice. A, player, a young player of promise. I mean, that's that's how he's been um, cast in the uh, lead up to last night. I mean, I haven't seen him play myself at all. So interesting that he started. I mean, I was just reading on the news at Den um, before we spoke tonight. I mean, there's there's a an article where Neil Harris, and I think this is probably realistic, he, he almost says that the he's regarded this competition, which has been much criticised, Harry, as, as a kind of a means to an end, as a way of um, bringing in players that need fitness and, and fielding youngsters in, in, in the real thing. And in that sense, that's how Twardex got his start last night. So it does have its benefits, if you look at it from that perspective. Yeah, I think it has its benefits. I just think... It was always that before. It didn't need Premier League under no, twenty no, no, teams no, to no. do that. That's, that's so the point. away away yeah. from that, you know, um you would have probably got two thousand over there last night if there if it wasn't <laughs> further. They would have topped the two thousand mark. <laughs> yeah. Um I, I mean, you're right. You're right. It was, it was the playing of the champ, the Premier League under twenty three, Premier League and, and, and Championship um clubs. Fielding under twenty three sides in a competition that you know where the, the lower league clubs are expected to play their full strength outfits. I mean, I dare say we're going to draw another fine last night because that that was quite a change from um, from Saturday's starting lineup. So I dare say that's going to draw the attention of the the the, the checker trade hunter that the, the oversee the competition. That, that, that will look kind, yeah, won't look kindly, will they? Yeah, I hope we appeal that on the grounds that we're playing uh, three games in six days that yep. no side plays in. Even at like major tournaments, you don't play three games in six no, days. So, no, no, what no. a complete bullshit! <laughs> a shit <laughs> sandwich, if, if you will. You know, That's an image. Yeah. If we, if we do, and we're fucked. If we don't, I'd rather they they lost money by opening up stands that no one was in, and they're going to lose money again by playing players to obviously, you know, I, yeah. I don't want to see. Lee Gregory get injured in the fucking Checker Trade Trophy, do I? So I'm, I'm I couldn't give a fuck, you know. I'd, I'd Absolutely. Rather, I'd rather Millwall play a second shrimp side so, in in competitions like that. So just the Coldblow Lane in, just the um, the Barry Kitchen, the stand open, I guess. Um, yeah. And a soft penalty, from what you could tell. I mean, it's hard. I imagine it's such a long way away. It, it must have been a soft one if it wasn't obvious in real time. Uh, yeah, I think it was a it was a soft penalty. I think. Uh, Craig and King got their wires crossed, and right. um, which which they did. To be honest, for the first thirty minutes, I mean, this was in the second half, but the first thirty minutes of the game, Millwall looked uh, with their goalkeeper, the hold back for, mm. uh, looked like they were from two different continents, let alone <laughs> the same club. Um, but you know that's to be expected. I'm sure after Sunday they only had maybe one day's training. I'm sure they don't train on or very little tra- limited training on the Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday, maybe a day of recovery on the on the on the Monday, and they were straight in on the Wednesday, which is the joy of this competition, I suppose. I suppose, yeah. I suppose I'd get accused of not knowing football at this point. I mean, you're right. That's that's the classic football response. They've not played together in the first team, therefore they're they're, they're strangers to each other. That's that's the kind of cliche, isn't it? Um, but 
equally. I mean, they, they do all train together week in, week out, day in, day out, don't they? They're not that much of a stranger to each other. I know that, you know, it's, it's different when you're on the pitch, but um, to look that, that totally um, at odds of each other, you know, you think, well, what do they do? Do they, do they not practice these kinds of scenarios? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how it works in football training. Perhaps they don't. I don't know. No, I don't know either. I think maybe it is a, 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 a testament to how bad our defending has been this season. That, to be honest, you didn't really notice it. After that, you didn't really notice much difference from normal. The standard wasn't that bad. I thought Kem- Cummings looked like a poor man's Carlos Edwards. And uh, sort of all the all the calmness when you should really be panicking. <laughs> sort of way of clearing. And uh, they looked all right. We looked all right at nil-nil when we come in. Um until they brought on the fridge out the of fridge, and Benoit. Absolutely, who um, latched onto the penalty and I presume put it away for one naught. Um, which, uh, you know, again, as with Braintree, we seem to have responded quite quickly though, Harry. I think it was uh, Worrell with a cross. And we're back in the game within a couple of minutes or two of, 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 of going behind. Yeah, it was. He, um, he come on and sort of bullied his way about absolutely battered Nelson, which at that point, this is this is my, my gripe at why uh, you can't continuously blame Nelson. Okay. Tony Craig is Millwall's captain. Yep. Tony Craig, if he sees his centre-half partner getting bullied by someone who's been at the club while Craig's been at the club, I'm sure. Yeah. As Fenwell was here when he was here. Yep. He's the man that should be telling Nelson how to win balls in the air. But the thing is, Tony Craig can't win balls in the air himself. So he's fucking clueless as well. So you're like, you're double-handing the kid. It's not like... No, no. no. You're double-handling shit, basically, by saying, you know, and he was getting bullied. Anyway, as you said, we uh, responded quickly. Fred got in behind down the right-hand side, which he did the entire second half, to be fair. Yeah. Um, Sort of cut... Sort of cut uh, the centre half out the game sort of played the ball back to Worrell and he looked up saw the goal where the goalkeeper was decided to have a, a shot and he sort of daisy cutted it across the uh, from the right hand side across into onto the right hand side of the goal Yeah. and their goalkeeper dived and sort of I don't know it just bounced over his arm it was like almost like he got there and didn't realise that he still needed to make the save. It was a really peculiar sort of a goal. <laughs> a checker trade trophy goal, that sounds like, yeah, doesn't it? You know. Yeah, part football quality on a Wednesday night for a five. That, that was what it was, yeah. So it's crept in on the near post, I presume? It's crept, crept uh, in near post, um, yeah. almost on unannounced, the, you know? like um, Yeah, he, sort of got, he got there and didn't realise he had to put his hands out. It was it was strange. A bit like renewal. Of a, of kind of, you know, they've checked into the air almost unannounced and, uh, you know, it's crept in at the near post. Was this free gem free? This is <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't going to mention it on your bit, but there we are. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. <laughs> so there yeah, we are. The excuse in court later on. Right? Yeah, I, <laughs> I couldn't help it, Your Honour. <laughs> there we are. We won each. Um, and, you know, again, the report, just looking at the news at Den report, says everyone's kind of um, taking a deep breath, readying themselves for an unwanted penalty shootout competition. Um, and when we get a penalty, a chance to go ahead, was it, I believe, Fred... Didn't take his chance, however, is it? Is that um, is that how it worked out in real life? Yeah, yeah. He he was running in behind, kept doing all the things that you've seen him not do on mm. games or games. It's it's weird with Fred. He almost turns it on and goes, "Yeah, I'm going to run past people, and if they kick me, I'm going to go down. and I'm going to win the free kick, so it don't matter anyway." Yeah. Or there's other games where he shies away from it and goes, "Well, I don't quite fancy getting kicked about today. I'm going to fall on the floor and not get anything." <laughs> and he doesn't seem to realise that. 
if we're not getting anything, we're not going to get anything. So you need to make sure you're away, if you know what I mean, Absolutely. away from the challenges. Yeah. Um, but yesterday he was getting everything. I mean, he was throwing himself about on the floor out of the new Aristotle school of sort of, I'll feel the touch of me back and I'll make everything. I'm going down. It, yeah, which, yeah, yeah. Which, you know, if the referee's given them, why not? Because by shower of shit, the other referee, de- the referee <laughs> will do it for them. So, I mean, we might as well pl- fight fire with fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he got in behind, um, again, got into the box, went round to sort of put it back, similar to a couple of weeks ago when he got the uh, man sent off for Wimbledon on the Tuesday night. Right. So a similar, like, similar position that, but actually got past him into the box and got pulled down. And the referee didn't even book, book the uh, defending Wickham player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got up, gave the ball to Smith, and Smith said, do you want it? I saw him mouth it to him, and Fred sort of sheepishly said yes, which I always <laughs> like the idea of something. That sounds like an odd exchange in a, you know, in a game of football. Do you want to take it or you want to take it? And the yeah. sheepish yes, you know. <laughs> and he walked up and sort of, from where I was sitting, sort of put it middle-ish of the goal, yeah. nice sight for the keeper, and missed it. And... I mean, the boy looked like he wanted the uh, ground to swallow him up, walking around with a shirt over his face. And, mm. and yeah. you know, you had to feel for him because he he's, was our best player last night. And he's a youngster. He's a youngster. It's an error and it's a youngster and uh, it will it will weigh heavy on him. Um, so there we are. Chance chance goes a begging. And then Wickham nick it in the, in the last few minutes of the game, just as everyone's getting ready for yet more penalties. Yeah, I think about the 83rd or something like that. Um Again, Akin Fenwa bullied. Um, they made two mistakes all night, two clear-cut mistakes. Mm. One that led to the penalty between Craig and um, King put themselves into the problem for the for the penalty. And then from where I was sitting, Nelson got caught underneath the ball. Right. Um, sort of come to it thinking it was going to drop, sort of misread the path it, and Craig um, didn't, sort of half cleared it, but the ball fell kindly to Akin Fenwa, who spread it wide and they were sort of two on two then and it fell right. to one of them in the right. box and he lashed it home. Right. Which, you know, can happen to anyone. It just seems to, you know, happen to us all the All time. the time, almost every game, yeah. But there we are. And then I suppose the late the, uh, we're pushing forwards late in the game and a third one um, to seal it from the Wigan perspective. Yeah, we went three at the back. We took Nelson off straight away afterwards and brought Ferguson on. Um, right. So at that point we had Smith up front, which to be honest, um, before before that, he come on before um, for Aidan O'Brien quite early in the second half and Thompson had gone out of the game as well, who had another great game as well. Yeah. Um, until he was taken off about 60 minutes, but obviously I'm presuming they're being rested for Saturday. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, they, they were playing well. O'Brien was anonymous, but, you know, everyone knows my feelings on O'Brien. He either <laughs> scores or he don't. That's just all he does. He doesn't do anything. That's his one contribution. Um, but Smith... We were kicking long balls to Smith, and he wasn't actually winning winning any headers. Really, it was all it was all to they sort of worked him out. But it was like his presence was drawing space for Fred. Right, so, yeah, uh, um, Morrison style in a way, isn't it? I mean, that's that's Morrison's game at times. It's to it's to create space for other players to come into the game. Yeah, it's, it's quite annoying because actually, when we haven't got a Gregory or a Morrison in the game, we try and play football, which is. I mean, we're not very good at it, but it's it's nice. It's, it's nice, nice to see it. Yeah, so it's nice to see that it actually does happen. Otherwise, you know, we uh, we could we could we threaten to do something. I mean, Twardek, as I said, Twardek plays plays good football um, in terms of he looks like he's got a football brain. Yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of 
he's sort of one step ahead of, or at least against last night's opposition, he looked one step ahead of their right back. And then they kept swapping him and Worrell, which was giving us overlaps all the time because I don't think their left back and right back knew what was was going on. Right. They just didn't really take... You know, let, let's be honest. If we had played... If we had had a Gregory or a Morrison on last night, we wouldn't have gone out. That no. That's my opinion. Um, but as it is... We've got a lot of injuries, really, if you look at it. Or a yeah, and it, we're trying to manage a, a difficult week, like you say. To, uh, three games in in, uh, in 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 a week is, is always going to be a difficult thing. Uh, we're trying to manage our way through that, and um, you know, so dies the checker trade dream, Harry, doesn't it? You know, well, yeah. a, a dream or nightmare, depending <laughs> where you sit. Depending <laughs> where you sit on the uh, FA fines committee, I'm presuming. <laughs> Every club that's played him, it's been fined five thousand pounds. So they've made their money back out of the uh, probably sponsorship that they're going to lose from Sky. I think they'll go back to the original format next season. This this um, you know this approach this season has been so controversial. It's it's not taken hold. I can't imagine any other outcome other than revert back to the old Johnston's paint trophy as it was, and use it in a, in a way as, as as Neil Harris has used it this this season as a, a means to an end as a tool almost. I. I See, the point is, is the uh, the group stage actually weren't a bad idea. I, I don't think the group stage is a bad idea. No. Because at least that way you you take away the, you've got to go 500 miles on a Tuesday night. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah, uh, yeah, no, I do. It, at least it, the groupings were a little bit better. Yeah. So that's one positive to take out of it. But yeah, other than that, it's it's a it's a shit tournament anyway, isn't it? There's no big clubs in the two bottom leagues, no. really. It'd be more interesting if you let the conference sides come into it. That would make it. More it would inject a note of um, I don't know a randomness into it that um, that would give it some energy. I do agree. Um, but there we are. That's the that's the the football world that we live in, Harry. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. You know, we might not have love it. <laughs> We're out yet. Paint trophy or whatever it's called next week. On to Shrewsbury on Saturday. That's fantastic, yeah. mate. No well done. Order, the Order of Holloway for Harry Warren for, for attendance last night in the lowest crowd at the new stadium since 19... Well, not construction, 1993. That's quite... You can tell your grandchildren that one, that one day, Harry. Yeah, the, the Order of Holloway uh, <laughs> given for complete and utter madness in the line of duty. Meine Damen und Herren, Achtung, Mühlweib. A few half-time tweets for you there. This is Mark Litchfield's back from Australia. This is all a bit familiar, says Mark, isn't it? Huffing and puffing, but no blowing the house down. Whilst Yoppo scores that are only shot on goal. Lions Live Radio tweets that the Lions have had their chances, but great defending and two good saves have, de- have denied them. But they're still players off form or being too casual, say the uh, Lions Live Radio. I think that's right. Um, yes, we have had chances to score. We should have taken at least one of them. Um, as it is, we are, we are scraping by. Um, Scrumpy Grimace says struggling to find fluency in the final third seems we're afraid to cross a ball we made their goal look easy calm finish mind you Mill halfway line says we badly need Steve Morrison back the second follow up from Grumpy Grimace says we've got the beating of Shrewsbury says Grumpy if we can get one we'll get another O'Brien off the bench to make the difference says Grumpy just noticed it's Christmas party night at the Den on uh, Thursday the 15th of December. 20 quid a pop to get in there, but that's actually going to clash with the Lewisham Council stitch-up at uh, Catford Town Hall, which is also on Thursday the 15th of December. Um, six o'clock kick-off for that. I suppose you could conceivably go to that. 
um, listen to the likes of Steve Bullock and his little cronies and quizlings come up with reasons why it's OK to back uh, a mystery offshore family trust based in the, in the Virgin Islands where the laws there protect their identity and um, why it's OK to give them the rights to use public powers to give them Mill Football Club's land and other businesses and residents of the area. And then you could go to the party afterwards and get absolutely fucking pissed out of your head. 20 quid entrance, DJ. Mr. DJ is going to be there. So hope he can save our life. Mr. DJ saved my life last night. Some very nice comment from our previous show, the uh, Regeneration special I did in the week with Mickey, AMS. Um, if you haven't tuned into it, um, have a listen. It's the previous show to this one. This is going to be 105, I believe, so that would be 104. Um, have a look on the listing. It's well worth a listen. It's only a 20-minute long show. If you can, possibly spread it around on Facebook, on Twitter, or anywhere else that you can. The more we can get the word out there, the more these people, these pets and avanti at Lewisham Council do not like it. That's what we have to do. We have to get the world to watch because I rather fear that this is going to be a stitch-up by those sneaks and collaborators at Lewisham Council. And finally, Oliver Weiss says the West Upper is processing one beer every five minutes. It must be the most incompetent catering ever. Just gave up a revenue loss for Millwall. I suppose that's the um, that should be the new club motto, Oliver. Uh, revenue loss for Millwall should be uh, in Latin. Maybe we'll do it in or in uh, Esperanto or something. We could do a club badge with it in Latin or Esperanto or some such. Revenue loss for Millwall. That'd be our new club slogan. Today's attendance listed on the official club Twitter feed is 8,354 with 255 away fans. As ever, though, I think you've got to be a bit wary of that figure because they count the season ticket holders who may or may not be here. Um, 8,500. Well, maybe. It doesn't look like it or feel like it, but um, that's the same technique that I think our boys used in... The movie, the Great War movie, Albert R.N. Do you know the film, the film, dear listeners? We used to watch it every Sunday. It's a regular feature of our childhood. Albert R.N., where they make a dummy up. And um, when, when the Germans call roll call each morning, they carry out a tailor's dummy dressed in um, naval gear. So they think there's still 300 prisoners. And actually, in fact, there's only 299 because one has done a runner. Same technique for meal attendances. Achtung, Mailball. Second half's underway, dear listeners. Bournemouth. Bournemouth? Shrewsbury. <laughs> Bournemouth. Well, I suppose we've drawn them in the FA Cup, so I've got the kind of um, psychological association of red and white, red and black striped shirts with Bournemouth. Um, Shrewsbury will be attacking the away end in the second half. Lions attacking the cold blow lane end. Searching for the equaliser that we hope will lead to the bottom of the table side cracking. Cracking up. Doug Humes messaged me saying, Sid and TC, Sid and Tony Craig. Sometimes you have to wonder about Neil Harris. I think you do, Doug. I think you do, mate. The train trundles past in the break over the far side of the cold blow and docker stands. Trundles past. I once had a go at the London Transport Museum. They've got a, a, a train drive simulator. It's tremendous fun if you uh, have any young, uh, you know, young boy relatives, sons, nephews. I took had, had a nephew there. And we both had a go at riding one of the Jubilee line trains on the simulator, which I managed to put into the, um, stacked it into the end of the line. Um, no, it must be the Northern line, because I, I, I mulled it into Malden, Malden, that was it. So it was a Northern line train, and you, you sit and control the dead man's handle, and you have to go from station to station. I managed to launch it straight into the end of the tracks at Malden. Uh, so that was the end of my promising train driving career. Um, he thought it was tremendously funny, obviously. I always quite fancy being a train driver. I'm not sure it's not as uh, all that difficult. Can't be all that difficult. No steering wheel, just a speed control, effectively, isn't it? What's, what's, 
I suppose I still managed to crash it. Then maybe we should draw a veil over that whole incident. 49 minutes, bounce ball in the central part of uh, midfield. Williams and the Strasbourg are going to contest it. It falls sides is Ben Thompson. Chance for Lions to launch an attack. That's a long ball forwards from Marlon. Trying to search out Harry. He's just not winning balls in the air at the moment, Harry Smith. Either the ball's um, not near him or he's just not got the experience that the, the main man, Stevie Morrison, brings to it. But anyway, here's another ball into the mix. Right, bouncing around, it falls to a Shrewsbury defender in the end. It's just a little 50-50 moment now. Second half started out quite openly in a kind of scuffled kind of um, charity shops car way. Nice little one-two, Fred Marlon, a little double act, ball across the box, near post defender, puts it behind for a corner, dangerous looking move. You can hear the expectation in the crowd. Corner on the right hand side. And it comes from the right, it's Williams, it's flicked across the Shrewsbury penalty area and first to the flick on is the Shrewsbury defender on the far right side who launches it clear anywhere will do. Nice take and turn by Harry Smith on the halfway line there. This is Shane Ferguson now breaking down the left on 53. Nice to see him do something. They're going to get the cross in. He can. It's going to, into the danger zone. It's going to go behind for a corner. A lot more pressure in the second half. A lot more pressure. A lot more urgency going forwards. A lot of debate on the net if, if it does come to it about moving stadiums. I don't know if you've seen any of this stuff. I don't know what your thoughts and feelings are. Personally, I, um, I think a move away from Bermondsey would be... Um, totally destructive. I'm not saying I would abandon the club but it won't be the same club for me. It's the falls to Fred on the right hand side. He jinks his way into the air and that's going to be a corner. Nice, uh, couldn't get past three defenders in front of him. Where do you stand here listeners? A move away from Bermondsey. Would that be um, the death of Millwall for you? Would it be the end for you? Would you still continue to go if we were to uproot and move somewhere else? I don't know where as you see um, sites named in uh, from Southwark Park. That wouldn't be so bad. That's still in the area. Out towards Sidcup, um, Ebbs Fleet, M25, M2 Junction, you know the, you know the story. Um, how would you feel about it? I personally would regard a, a move away from Bermondsey to be the, the end of it. Little shot on goal there from Williams, that, that's rebounding. A lot of mill pressure, the ball is bouncing around the Shrewsbury penalty area. A little ball in now from Ferguson, that's to no one. It still doesn't quite fall to the feet of the mill strike and the Shrewsbury will bring it away. 55 minutes goes past. Balls plays out wide, classy little bit of play by Lee Gregory, but ball in this uh, Ferguson's crosses hits the, the nearest defender. A lot of that going on this afternoon, dear listeners. Shot from distance from Sean, uh, Sean Williams there. Joe, Joe Martin, apologies. That was a bouncing kind of shot taken easy enough by the goalkeeper. 60 minutes, uh, Lions searching for a way back into this game at the moment. Um, as it is, Shrewsbury on the attack at the moment. They've got a throw in down below me. About halfway inside the middle half. There's the 9 and the 18 passing the ball across the middle. It goes wide right. Shrewsbury now looking to get the cross in. They've got the 9 and 10 in the middle. The 12 overlapping. Little ball and headed down on, onto the target. Jordan Archer takes comfortably enough. He rolls it clear. This is Fred with Marlon overlapping him. What can they do? Fred going down the middle now. Can he, he's, he just wants a little bit too much time. He gets clipped from behind by the 12. Could be a free kick and a yellow card for that 12. Willian lookalike. Is it William? I don't know. I, I, I find I get my Premier League um, players mixed up. I don't really know them. I was a kid, I used to know all the players. But um, it's a bloke with the, um, the kind of afro hair, Chelsea player. The one-two for Shrewsbury down the right. That's, that's a poor cross, thankfully, from the four. Goes behind for a goal kick on 62 minutes.
went to the O2 Tuesday, I went to see the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Do you know that group, dear listeners? I, I kind of do. My, my wife got the ticket. She's more of a fan than I. I, I know them, I, but I, I'm not. A, I'm from that era just before the Red Hot Chili Peppers really made it big. So uh, although I don't mind them. Uh, they're a good show. Don't get me wrong. Just probably not my choice of band, but um, Mrs H loved it. It was a good show. Good light show. Good kind of funk, kind of rock kind of rappy type sound does that make sense and you probably know what i'm talking about if you're a fan um you'd have enjoyed it it was good 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 graphics good light show um the bassist is clearly mentally ill but he's uh, only rock music can reward mental illness on that kind of scale in the other walk of life you're living in a shit hovel in bethnal green with um you know local drug dealers trying to take your flat over um but in the world of rock you have become you know a superstar. That's a little ball into the box uh, Jordan Archer take there, 63. What was curious, incidentally, I thought I'd mention this whilst there's a slight pause in place, is Aidan O'Brien, actually, I'll, I'll hold back my thought. Aidan O'Brien going down left, he checks and runs out of steam, so I'll give you my thought. Um, the um, support band were a curiosity, uh, a Japanese band, kind of speed metal, I don't know what, they, I, I don't ask me the genres, it's, it, to me it sounded like um, speed metal, but I'm probably woefully off... off um, off genre with the, with the kids now. Japanese band called Baby Metal. Three, three uh, young girls, basically, dressed in um, kind of Madonna-style leather and lace of the 80s, and they, they belted out these Japanese um, songs to a, a speed metal backing. Some of it wasn't bad. Um, overall, you wouldn't want to... I, I certainly have been motivated to listen to Baby Metal since, but one or two tracks weren't bad. That's a long cross into the mix out of 24, the chess it back to the goalkeeper on 64. Um, yeah, so it was, it was a curious... I must admit, I won't forget them, so there's, there's something. Um, they, they clearly had a following. There's a, the the uh, downstairs of the, uh, the kind of standing area of the O2 was um, fairly packed. And the, what the When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I believe it's called a mosh pit. Is it called a mosh pit? Young, young listeners can tell me. Shrewsbury player been down ages on the floor. He's off the pitch. What's the delay? As you can imagine, the crowd are bringing this point to the, the, the referee's attention. Masterclass in delay, another substitution now for, for Shrewsbury. 
halfway through the second half now, 67 minutes approaches, and you're starting to get into that kind of desperate zone now where you'll take anything out of the game. A game that really we should have been uh, expecting to win. We'll now settle for a draw if we're going to get ourselves into that glorious position. So um, poor performance by the lines overall. A bit more pressure in the second half, but without um, any decisive cutting edge. Rain pouring down the exit through the, the mist of the uh, effect of the floodlights. Crossing from Aidan O'Brien. 70th minute, ticks past. Starting to get a little bit itchy and scratchy. It's a long ball lofted in. Flicker on. This is Aidan O'Brien inside the penalty area. What can he do? Tries to put near post shot just a little bit casually. Just wide, a yard wider than the near post. At a moment, we seem to pause forever and then kind of side-footed it wider than the near post ball of uh, near, the near post. Call to change it from a few rows down in front of me. Um, not sure what Harris can change it to, in all honesty. It's not a huge array of glittering talent on the bench, but there's going to be a change. It looks like it's going to be Butchers coming in. Who's this going out? Is it going to be Nelson going out? So it looks like William's going to play more of a central defender now. Some were calling for that from the start of, the, of, the, of today's proceedings rather than Sid Nelson. A little momentary panic. It turned out to be a very good ball, actually, but it was almost a suicide ball to Tony Craig, who sprays the ball Beckenbauer-style wide right to Lee Gregory. little one-two inside the box. Here's Smith. This is Gregory. What can he do? Beautiful save. Beautiful save. Beautiful move. Gregory's got his hands on his heads inside the penalty. That's a fantastic shot. Fantastic save. Hats off to that Shrewsbury goalkeeper for one of the saves of the season. In all honesty, that was a beautiful move across the box and a great shot by Lee Gregory that deserved the goal. But as it was, the man got his hands to it and it goes for a corner. 75 minutes now. Ball into the box. That's Harry Smith. That's going to go for a goal kick. Bunch of coppers in front of me. What are they nicking someone for? What's this all about? Half a dozen coppers. Pulled a bloke out. What's that for? Don't know what that's for. Half a dozen just in a few rows in front of me. Now the stewards reacting to the crowd. I don't know what that's all about. More coppers over on the right hand side. Abuse flying down. I'm hitting heaps upon them. A bloke's got uh, taken. I don't know what it was all about. For having a fag, maybe? I don't know. Anyway, lines on the attack. Here goes Sid. All in the mix. That's going to go Sid. Fred. It's gone for a, a, a throw. Sorry, I was a little bit thrown off there by the sudden appearance of two teams of coppers on the two entrances to my in front of me and to my right I can only presume they pulled a bloke out I don't know what he's done he must be having a drink or having a smoke I don't know 76 minutes they came in mob-handed ball into the mix that's Eddie clear get a little bit of an impending sense of whatever we throw at them kitchen sink or whatever it's not going to go that way but I hope stand to be corrected this is Shane Ferguson now from the right hand side ball in left Smith at the far post why it's got bobbled around for a corner 76 minutes, I've watched this one, the long ball from the um, <coughs> the right. Ferguson, Smithy heads it into the back of the Shrewsbury defence, gone for another corner. Huge amount of mill pressure in this second half. If only we weren't in, in for that self-inflicted wound in the first, we would be, well, in a better, better place. That's, that's back to Auntie in Bollocks level. Ball across the box there, flick header across the Shrewsbury six-yard box and they bring it away. This is Marlon, right-hand side, long cross-field ball, aiming towards Harry Smith. He wins the header, it's into the danger zone, but cleared last-ditch stand by the uh, Shrewsbury defence. Another ball in from the left. Crowd peeing for handball. Look at it, it's going to be a throw-in. Ten minutes to go in the game. Your break. Worrell, right-hand side, 83 minutes. He's got Marlon on the inside of him. On the edge of the uh, penalty area. Worrell again on the right. Little ball across the box. There's Smith. 
Gregory from close couldn't quite get enough control on it and kind of bundles it past the, the, the left-hand post. Opportunity goes begging now. Blokes all around me, streaming for the exit. It's a little bit early for me for that. Um, there's going to be another chance for a cross in from the left-hand side here. It's across the mill box. Oh, it's over the bar from close from Smith. How'd you miss that, Smithy? Oh, bloody hell. It's put over the bar from about three yards short of the um, goal line. Ball from the left. It trickles across the penalty area and Smith puts, gets underneath it somehow and puts it over the bar. That's probably the golden opportunity gone there, listeners. 86 minutes. 88 minutes, two minutes of regular time plus any injury time. Um, what can we say about this game? Well, it's obviously still in play, but the expectation that we're not going to get anything out of it now, I think you can only point to the sloppy defending of the first half. Otherwise, it's been a lot of pressure in the second half. Game we probably should have won. We've had chances plenty to, to at least get one goal, possibly two. We've not taken those chances. Shrewsbury did take their chance. that was presented to him on a, on a silver plate with a little pink bow and a handwritten card to, um, to Shrewsbury with love from Neil Harris and our central defenders. It's going to be a mill-free kick on the right side, edge of the penalty, almost on the corner of the penalty area. 89th minute. It's going to be Ferguson that takes as we tick down towards the final seconds of regular time. All we're going to do after this is injury time. It should be a few minutes of that. That's a little cross into the box. That's a... Oh, he's saved the wide! Fucking hell! Beautiful cross. The players have got their hands on their heads. Who got that? That was... Butcher, is it? I think. Let's have a watch the replay. I don't know from here. It's hard to tell. Far post. It was headed wide from point-blank range. Fuck me. Well, we can't complain at chances and opportunities. It's been a poor game from the Mill perspective. I mean, um, as Doug's just tweeted me, uh, just messaged me here on WhatsApp to say whatever we get out of this, we've been shit. We have been poor this, this game. I do agree with you, Doug. Um, we've had opportunities to get equalisers. I mean, that was one that's uh, gone a begging there. There's been a stream of them over the course of the game. We haven't taken those chances. Our strength has been goal scoring this season. Whatever else we've done wrong, we've got goals. And we've not done it against the bottom of the table side. So we can't really complain at the outcome, whatever we get, if we do get anything out of this at all. And I seriously doubt that we deserve it on that balance. This is Aidan O'Brien. Ball out wide. He finds Worrell. Since Wall's come into the game, we've looked a little bit more logical in our wing play. Wall takes his man on. Can he get a cross in? He checks. He can't. He's got Marlon behind him now. The chance to cross the ball in. Farting about of it. Too much time taken. We're still messing about with it on the uh, far side here. Uh, now we've got back to, uh, to the line. This is going to be Marlon. Not direct enough here. Get it over. And it's gone for a fucking throw-in. Oh! For two minutes to go. Get the ball across. It's going to be a corner. Took Ben Thompson to sort that little mess out. Corner on the right-hand side. Rapidly coming up. Jordan Archer's has gone forwards. But why not? If we're going to concede a goal, we might as well go down 2-0 to 1-0. He's in the mix. Jordan Archer's in the, uh, in the uh, penalty area. Ball's lofted in. Bobbing around. For one moment, I thought there was a chance there, as it is a Shrewsbury player has gone down in the, in the box. I think that's probably going to be it, dear listeners. Bobbling around, this is going to be Marlon. Ball out wide, surely, to Worrell. Got to get the ball in there, David. And we do. And it falls. This is Gregory. Ball, second chance again. Ball bouncing around. Gregory's tw shot twice. Booked. Shout for handball. Not going to get that. That's the end of the game. 
Well, we can't say that was anything other than a self-inflicted loss. Very sloppy goal in the first half. We've said it already. Um, huge amounts of pressure from the Lions in the second half. Chance upon chance upon chance created. But in all honesty, I don't think we deserved um, the three points today because if you... Uh, self-abuse, self-harm by conceding such a sloppy goal and then you don't take your chance in the second half and what do you get? People shouting at me! <laughs> People shouting at me! I, I don't pick the team! <laughs> there you go. Nil-nil. Um, Shrewsbury won. Very disappointing. Poor afternoon's football from the Mill perspective and um, we'll be back after these messages. Achtung! Mailball. Huge welcome back onto the show after a little bit of an absence to Mark Litchfield. Welcome back, Mark. Hello, Nick. Hello, everybody. Good to be back again. You've been trotting around the world. No matter how far you travel, Mark, you know Millwall <laughs> always remains the same, mate, doesn't it? Yes, indeed it does. Um, listeners, need. I, I contacted Mark yesterday just seeing if he was free to do the post-match call. And I, I, I don't know if you were 100% sure if you could make it or not tonight but the uh the, i've got a text coming out the ground um it was go on mate yeah let me at it type of thing you know you wanted to have your say mark so <laughs> has the anger dissipated yet mate <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it is anger is it i mean on another day you know we win that game sort of four five six seven one but yeah. it was just one of them days you know you you get them in football don't you um i think most of us probably would have said you know bottom of the table team at home it's not going to be easy and it no. more likely end up the way it did. Um, but it actually did end up the way we thought it did. And yeah, it was yeah, one of them days, mate, you know, so many chances went back in Absolutely. and um, in the end, you know, we've, we've, it's cost us. Now in fairness, and I, 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 we always try and be um, harsh, but fair on this program. I, I actually was, um, I wasn't impressed by Shrewsbury, but they were better than I expected for a bottom of the table side. I don't know, I don't know what you made. Mm. I, th I thought they'd moved the ball about quite nicely, and a goalkeeper performed yeah, well, out of his skin, didn't he? Well, yeah, um, I thought they took their goal very well. In yeah. honesty, I thought it was a good passing move, and um, Craig and Nelson were just statues. You know, they just sort of run rings around them, and it was a very good finish. But um, yeah, apart from that. I think I can remember one header in the second half that Archer, it was straight at Archer. Yeah, um, a second half Apart from that, I don't really remember him doing much else, mate, to be honest. But um, yeah, the, I mean, we've, we've got a little running joke where we are that every goalkeeper that wears a kind of a garish kit, you know, a yellow or a pink or <laughs> a luminous green or something, they always have a blinder. They always do. <laughs> and again, that bloke was in, you know, he was in bright yellow today and he saved absolutely everything. Sometimes he didn't even know he was saving it, no. but he saved it. I mean, you're you right. Know, just one of them days, mate. You, you, yeah, I think that's probably a good way to put it. It is, it is football. It's the classic football. Um, you know, um, the, the, the the team that um, are struggling and they go to one of the better sides in the division. And I, I still believe we are one of the better sides in the division, despite... Yeah, so do I. Yeah. You know, despite some of the online um, comment, the overreaction and the uh, the meltdowns that you, you see all, all around the message boards and on Twitter, um, <clears> I, I do believe we're one of the better sides. So the individuals in that in our team, I'd, I'd put them up against, well, 90% of the sides in that division. We're as good as anyone in that league, Mark. Yes, I totally agree, mate. Um, you know, we, we, we've put in performances this season better than that today and uh, well we've put better performances than that and lost but we've mm -hmm. also put in better performances out of one games and we've looked a very very good side um you know if if we would have took our chances today and walked away with a five or six one win everybody would be saying how great we are and you know new Harris is 
manager and a month of material and we're going to make the playoffs, etc. But, you know, we didn't and, and we are where we are now because of it. I mean, he has a problem to solve, Mark. We we, we can't um, avoid this. Um, I don't even think it's the elephant in the room. Everyone knows it's there. I'm sure Neil Harris knows it's there. I mean, the the, the goal that Shrewsbury scored today was painfully obvious um, where the fault mm. lies. Um, you know, in, in real time, I slightly missed it. I watched the replay and the man just seems to get so much time on the ball. Um, from a, a decent passing move, I make you right, but he just seems to get acres of time on the ball, and it's a simple enough finish for him in, in effect. But the two central defenders are at fault on that. Yeah, I mean, I think from from memory, I think the ball came to Sid Nelson on the right hand side, and instead of it could have probably just either A took a touch and cleared it upfield, or B put it out of play. Mm. But he decided sort of option C, which was to head it back into play. Um, where there were sort of two or three Shrewsbury players and yeah, you know, what happened happened where they passed it around. Um yeah, I mean Tony Craig and Sid Nelson, they're both Millwall boys, you know, through Absolutely. And through. Yeah. you you want them to do well, but you know, it pains me to say it. I don't think as a as a long term well, short term or long term partnership, I don't think they're gonna be up for, you know, sort of week in, week out League One football. Or no. or higher if we do get there. I mean, you know, there's there's We've all got a, beat, a beating mill heart, uh, Mark. You, me, and everyone else in that ground, you know. But mm. we've got to ask ourselves: Are we good enough for that level? And now, you know, painfully obvious in your mind case, you know. But um, Sid Nelson mm. and Tony Craig, um, there's there is the quality question: Are they good enough? Cl- Craig has got the experience, um, and he's and he's been around the track enough times in you know across a variety of clubs. But we we just look so exposed whenever he gets the ball. It's like a, yeah. an accident waiting to happen. Um, and Sid, a youngster, we we know that, and you know he's he's clearly got his his game to develop. But um, it just makes errors, and you can have a great game, but if you make one error at this level, you get punished, don't you? Well, that's that's exactly right. You know, the, it's the goalkeeper sort of thing. You know, you make five or six great saves, but nobody remembers it if you make one mistake and and they score from it. And it's yeah. probably the same with defenders as well. You know, um, yeah, as I said, you know, you but you you want them both to do well, sort of. Sid especially because you know he's a young kid, yeah. still still learning his trade, you yeah. know, in the game. But um, yeah, I do. I must admit, I do sort of not not panic, but you get a little bit flustered when they're on the ball. You know, when a striker's bearing down on them, you don't feel as confident as you do with a Webster or a Mark Beavers even. No, you don't. No, and and it, it's, it was a huge loss when we lost Mark Beavers, um, the replacement mm. Hutchinson that seems to be made out of um, Ming, Ming Vars China, and he's you know we haven't <laughs> we, we haven't seen him um, well once or twice, um, and when we did see him, uh, I, I thought he looked um, you know a reasonable a reasonable replacement in all honesty. But yeah, if you're not mm. you're not playing, you're no use to to, to man the beast. Um, I, you know, you're right. We had chances in that first half. I'm just off the top of my head. I can remember um, Gregory going through on a one-on-one, which was unlucky because it was just tapped. It was yeah. clear, cleared off the line, wasn't it? It was, it, it was put through on goal and cleared off the line. Um, and I seem to remember um, a Smith header being cleared off the line later in the half. Yeah, the, I think the keeper just sort of put a hand out and it and it hit him. Basically, yeah. as I say, you know, it's just one of them days where just absolutely nothing. I think if we were still playing now, Nick, you know. It's, it's yeah, I, 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 it is on the Saturday now. I think we'd still be 1-0 down. It was just, just one of them things. We were a lot more urgent in the second half. I mean, clearly the team had been given a bit of a rocket at half-time. And we, we we certainly took the game to them in the second half. I don't think we can be faulted in terms of our 
um, our effort and the way that we, we, we got the ball around and the, the crosses into the box. Perhaps they could have done with a touch more quality. Um, Harry Smith, another another youngster. Um, I know you've been away for a while, but I don't know how much of Smith you've seen. Um, when he first appeared, I thought he looked a real a real prospect. I think he's just finding finding that League One football is a, is a tough thing at the moment. He didn't seem to win the ball enough for me today um, in the aerial combat zone, you know? Yeah, I mean, I didn't see him. Um, it's what the Bristol Rovers game was his mm. league debut, wasn't it? I yeah. didn't see him there, or at uh, or two or three games after that. <clears throat> but um, I saw him at uh, I saw him against Braintree last. Okay, that's Braintree, yeah. you know, last yeah. Sunday. But he seems to have a knack of being in the right place at the right time, which is a good thing to have for a goal scorer. Yeah. But um, yeah, whether that whether that honeymoon period is wearing off remains to be seen. But I think he gives you, you know, he gives you a very different option, even probably a bit more on the Steve Morrison area, Lee, um, yeah. and in front of goal. But, um, yeah, whether, you know, he just, I mean, there was a, his inexperience is going to be, but um, whether that's, you know, going to be to his detriment, we'll wait and see. Maybe when Morrison comes back, he might be back on the bench and, you yeah. know, not, won't feature for a while. I would expect Morrison to be first choice. Um, you know, we, I, I think, you know, clearly there's um, the speculation about Neil Harris's um, choice of central defenders. I think if he doesn't bring Morrison back when he's fit, then um, he may have taken leave of his senses. I mean, I think Harry Smith on the bench would make make some sense. He needs to be introduced. Mm. He's been he's been plunged into the deep end here, Mark, isn't he? I mean, it's it's uh, oh big time, yeah, yeah. It's a tough division, and he's up against experienced men a lot of the time. So. I'd expect him to be on the bench. Um, I, I don't know how close Morrison is to to returning to full fitness, but um, God, we 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 need him up front, don't we? Yeah, I think I think the Charlton game was the um, you the know the the, the, uh, the aim, yeah, the target um, for when he did first get injured. But um, yeah, I think if you know he comes back, Gregory Morrison up front, I think Harry Smith would be a very good option off the bench. Um, you know, if we are one nil down, sort of ten, fifteen minutes to go, it mm. could be someone that you could go direct. Um, but yeah, we we're, we're missing Morrison's even even in the games we've won. Really, I think we're missing Morrison's know-how. You know, we're missing yeah. his um, his experience. Just a little bit of you know, absolutely. Yeah, sticking yeah. an elbow in there and, and yeah. whatever. You know, we're, we're missing that. And Morrison works the referee, Mark, who's another thing that's um, very noticeable yes. about his, his game. He's developed that as he's got older. Um, and in fairness, Smith cannot do that. He doesn't have the um, doesn't have the gravitas yet, does he? You know, that, that comes with age no. and presence. Um, and we miss that. I think we do miss that a lot The um, in the face mm. of the referee a lot of the time. I've got a question here for you, and it's an odd question. I don't know how you field it, um, or if you want to field it at all, really. Um, it was a gloomy day. There was a, there was a fraught atmosphere inside the ground as as the game wore along. Um, I mean, obviously, at the same time, we have a fraught atmosphere off the uh, off the, the field with the the whole regeneration um, ongoing controversy. I don't know how much you followed of it um, in recent months, but I'm just wondering whether this this um, unsettling um, thing going on, you know, in in the car park, so to speak, is having its impact on the players and, and on the crowd. In all honesty, one must feed into the other. And I can't believe it would be otherwise. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it, it shouldn't affect the shouldn't. players at the end of the day, you know, no. because they've they've got a job to do and they should do it. But I suppose if yeah, if something you know in your workplace is going on, up the you know with the managers at the top or whatever, and it might filter down to you, and you might you know get a bit sort of put your back up about it, but it, it shouldn't affect them. But possibly it is, I don't know. But in my in my opinion, it really it shouldn't affect them at all. 
No, I mean, Harry's, I mean, speaking after the game, he's speaking to News at Den. Uh, um, he said he's lost for words. I mean, I, I think pretty much what you you and me are saying to each other, really. I mean, it's yeah, more that's l- right. letting your chances and, and normally you'd expect one or two of those to go in. I think if one had gone in today, then more goals would have followed because Shrewsbury were that kind of side. You just need to crack that first yes, one. more than likely. <clears throat> and yeah. then, you know, the, the, the flood would have, would have followed. Um, I mean, I mean, Harris mentioned the the anxiety in the crowd feeding through to players. And I think that much is you can feel it at times, Mark. Can you? When when the um, you know, when the game's not going our way, when um, you know, chances are missed and it wears on, especially from you know the second half was ticking by. You get a sense of um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the comments from the crowd become ever more piercing, don't they? It must be difficult for these yes. youngsters. Must be difficult. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't want to go into it too much, but I don't agree with all this, you know, the booing and um, sort of, you know, the chant. There was chanting at full time, sort yeah. of, you know, shit, shit, shit. I don't, I don't really agree with that personally. I mean, everyone's entitled to their opinion, and I'm not going to stop people having their opinion. But especially what you say, you know, the young players, Sid Nelsons, Harry mm. Smith, <clears throat> um, etc. That's not going to help them at all. Um, no, so it's, um... you know. It's it's a difficult one. I mean, we, you know, it's it's the endless mill cycle of, um, you know, when when the support is on your side and when it's behind the team, um, and it, no one's asking anyone to be blindly behind the team, come what may. But, um, you know, that, that's a powerful weapon in your favour. And then, of course, the other side of that coin is when it's against you or when it's when it's sniping at you. It's yeah, um, must be bloody difficult to play in front of. I, I wouldn't fancy mm. it. Um, so there we are, um, nil one at the at the finish. Um, and we move we move on. I think that was the next game is next week at Scunthorpe. Um for a high flying side. So um you know, you'd ex- knowing Millwall would probably go up and do quite well, but <laughs> you would expect that to be a tough trip, wouldn't you? Yeah, well it's I suppose in a way it's kind of a free shot, you know, we're not expected to win up there. No. Um well I'd I'd imagine the majority don't expect us to win up there. So, you know, if we do go and get something I think anything up there, you know, a draw or even <clears throat> a win, sorry, or even a draw um, for me, that's that's a good result. You know, we've got three home games after that in a week, two of them against local rivals. So it's it's a good opportunity for us to, you know, Christmas period is always a good opportunity to push up the table. But with the games we've got as well, um, hopefully, you know, sort of in the new year, we can find ourselves quite comfortable and, and pushing for the top six, which is where we want to be, obviously. I believe so. I mean, the rumours of Jed Wallace, again, that was a, a story on News at Den. Jed Wallace may be returning on loan. I know that's a maybe, um, but I, I wouldn't have thought that story would appear unless there was at least some strong chance mm. of it happening. Um, I think anyone would welcome Jed, Jed Wallace back. He was a real quality winger come striker, wasn't he, when he, when he was with us last time? Um, yeah, well, he he was the, the you know the shining light of some games. You know yeah. the, the chances he created, especially for Gregory. You know he got Gregory up the goal chart quite a lot with uh, his assists. So if we could get him back, um, will Lightning strike twice? Who knows? But it was crossed. it would be nice to have him back to see. If you, you know. were in, if you were in Neil Harris's shoes, Mark, would you be looking at central defence as as a as a an area of concern, loan wise? You know, just to try and bring something to. We we seem to lack structure at times defensively, don't we? Or would you would you go with what we've got? Well, it, it it's just you know it's the Sean Hutchinson question, isn't it? If he comes back <laughs> and and gets himself fit, will will he be the answer? But at the moment, it doesn't seem that way, does it? So no, I think. No. It may it may need a reinforcement somewhere, um, even if it's just you know an experienced head on loan 
just for a few months, someone to play alongside Tony Craig or Byron Webster or, you know, maybe maybe Sid Nelson going in the other direction for a few uh, few months just to get some game time somewhere. I don't know. But, yeah, I think we are maybe going to pro- – well, definitely need to look at centre-half. Um, I'd actually probably go and look out for a left-back as well because I don't, I'm not that I don't rate Joe Martin. I think he's disciplined. Um, I think he went in for a tackle today, he which did. he never should have gone yeah. in for. No, he did. And he was lucky not to get booked for that. Um, so I think that might need looking at as well. But, uh, yeah, central defence is um, – it's quite a concern at the moment if you look at the goals we're conceding as well. Yeah, and no, I agree. I, I agree about Joe Martin as well. Um, I thought he was one of his poorer games today. Um, mm. it's, it's, you know, it, it's, it's a critical position and, and many goals do seem to stem from errors and, and him being caught out of position. So, um, you know, the, the lone window beckons on, on, on a number of fronts, really. I was interested to see Sean Williams being, um, I mean, necessity uh, drove it to him, but uh, he was being played more in central defence. Would you choose that as a role? Or I mean, it, obviously, he's, in midfield, he's, he's, he's done well for us this season, but many were calling for him to be the central defender before before today's game. Yeah, well, it's, it's an option. Yeah. It's an option to have him there. Um, the one thing you, the one thing you do get from him in the central defender position that you won't get from a Sid Nelson or Tony Craig is a little bit of composure um, on the ball. You know, someone that will sort of play the ball out of defence rather than just lump it up to Harry Smith and hope it reaches him. Um, but then what you you won't get is you won't sort of get the blood and thunder like yeah. you do with a Tony Craig or a Sid Nelson. Yeah, so there's pros and cons to it either way, you know, but um, it's, def- it's definitely an option. But personally, I'd rather have him in the midfield because I think he, he can be more creative there. Fantastic. Well, critical period coming up. We've got the uh, away game next week in the critical Christmas period. Charlton game, I think, midweek to follow. So um, yes. it's going to be an interesting period, Mark. Going to be an interesting period. Um, Christmas normally determines the end of your season, really, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, well, I think historically we do do well, quite well over Christmas, um, yeah. Millwall. And as I said, you know, three home games, two of them against local rivals. Then we've also got the Wimbledon game, which is another local derby. Yes. So, yes. you know, it's, it's set up for us to to do well, but um, we're just up to us to do well, isn't it? We've got to We've got to do it. We've got to get the points. Did you get your AFC Wimbledon ticket, mate? Uh, I didn't actually. Um, I didn't. The reason, the reason being, uh, because <laughs> there is a reason behind it. Because yeah. I've been doing some games for the South London press this season. Yep. Uh, I don't get. I don't get the points on my ticket. Oh right, mate. So I'm... therefore, I'm going to have to. Uh, I'm going to have to sponge a, a press pass off of someone. <laughs> I'll be. I'll be there. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> You're not a member of the Mill Freemasons like me with 300 plus points in that case. <laughs> That's fantastic stuff, Mark. Really appreciate you coming on, mate. I'm going to let you get back to the X Factor and um, (laughs) whatever else you're watching, Strictly, whatever. Um, Good to talk to you again, mate. And um, perhaps we'll catch up over over Christmas at some stage. Yeah, no worries, mate. Always a pleasure to come on. And uh, yeah, any time, any time. Meine Damen und Herren, Achtung, Milwei. Yes, indeed. Sunday morning nightmare. It's been a bit of a Sunday morning nightmare for me editing the sound files for this show. How very first world a problem that is when you're having struggles and um, issues editing your podcast. But it's been a bit of a... I started trying to do it last night when I was tired 
and made a mess of it and I had to try and retrieve that mess this Sunday morning so um, I hope you appreciate the effort that we put into this show um, so yeah Sunday morning nightmare I don't intend to dwell long on yesterday's game I think we've said everything we can say I just picked out a selection of four tweets here to illustrate the uh, the debates that's going around on online Jay Shaw said about yesterday's game sometimes the gods do conspire we missed a hatful of chances Lee Gregory was not a full tilt uh, Morrison was out Neil Harris under pressure, that's for sure. A lot of um, comment on the on the message boards and so on. Michael Wills on Twitter says, is Harris failing to manage the most exciting crop of young players in years? Or are, are they letting him down? Uh, Michael's glad he's not the chairman. You and me both, Michael. I'm glad I'm not the chairman. Um, thankless task. I think um, it's a thankless task being mill manager. Um, Neil Harris, um, perhaps one of the most legendary figures in playing terms. At the club, did very well last season. Some are saying he overachieved last year. Um, I think that um, I think clearly there's 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 question marks um, over, the, over the team at the moment, which uh, may or may not be solved in uh, in the January trend, uh, loan window, transfer window. But for crying out loud, what are we if we are not loyal? Um, he hasn't done enough for me to be dropped yet. Neil Harris, I'm talking about. We have we we owe it to him and his contribution to our football club over the course of his life to at least give him to the end of the season and we see where we stand now. Um, for me, if if there are still signs that we are developing something, I know some people talk about tactics and and the, and the one dimensional approach that we we employ at times, but for me. Um, as long as there's promise and young players coming through, then that's that's Millwall. That's what we're here for. Um, we're not here to be, um, you know, to demand um, instant success. So anyway, for me, give Harris to the end of the season. That's my call. Kevin Smith, um, by contrast, says if Harris is says he's satisfied with the team, um, this transfer window, I give up. The team has gone backwards, says Kevin. And Paul Regan, just to close this little section before we move on to something a little bit more upbeat, Byron Webster will go to Sheffield United in January, says Paul. That's a cert. And Craig will get a contract extension. Um, uh, there's got a little emoji, emoji of, um, of uh, someone raising their eyes. What has happened to Mill's scouting system? Um, I think if one of those or two of those goals had gone in yesterday, then none of this would have been coming out. But <clears throat> once again, if my auntie had uh, balls, she'd be my uncle. And that's uh, probably I've flogged that phrase enough in one show. So any road, let's move along now to the new favourite section, the Randy O'Miser section. Randy O'Miser. So Randy this week has generated three random numbers between one and 132. Um, first up, random numbers 13. So we're going to go back 13 years to the equivalent weekend 13 years ago, which by my calculation takes us to the 13th of December 2003. Um, Millwall nil that weekend at Ipswich Town at nil. Millwall nil, Ipswich nil in front of a crowd of 9,829 at the Den, including 1,300-odd Ipswich fans. Uh, Mill team that day, a classic, um, some classic names there in, the, in gold, Denzel, Tony Warner. Across the back line, we've got um, Kevin Muscat, Darren Ward, Matt Lawrence, David Livermore. Um, I'm playing him as a, a left back because the, the midfield there, I'm just trying to picture how, how where he would have been. It might have been Sweeney. Sweeney was on the left, so they may have played Sweeney as a left back in that game. Uh, in the middle, um, Robertson, Cahill. Abdu Fafana, do you remember him on, on, the, on the wing? Replaced in the 18th minute by Dennis Wise in this particular game. 
And then up front, Kevin Braniff, the, the legend that is Kevin Braniff, and Nick Chadwick, strikers. Um, Braniff replaced in the 88th minute by Mark Quigley. On the bench that day, Willie Garay, Stuart Nevercott, Dennis Wise came into the game in the 18th minute for Fafana, uh, Marvin Elliott and Mark Quigley. Now, fortunately, we do have a match report from the BBC, so I'm, I might read out the match report just to see if it brings back any memories. I don't remember this game, Mill nil. Ipswich nil. Ipswich had defender George Santos or Georges Santos sent off, but held on to claim a point at Mill and extend their unbeaten at the time, unbeaten run to six games. Uh, the Lions, by contrast, were without a win in six, and they failed to make the most of their one-man advantage. See, young listeners, nothing new. Um, we're still making failing to make the most of our one-man advantages to this day, aren't we? In a game of few chances, Ipswich had one of the best opportunities after just 13 seconds. But Darren Bent, with four goals to it in his last five games, lashed his volley into the crowd. Town continued to dominate the early stages and would have broken a deadlock if defender John McGreal had made better contact with Jim McGilden's wicked in-swinging free kick. Mill player manager Dennis Wise made an early and expected appearance on the pitch as he came in for the injured Abu Fafana after 18 minutes. Very quick player of Fafana from memory. Um... Rarely took the ball with him, but it was very, very fast. Um, I quite liked him. I thought he had character. And he, was, he was one of those odd odd bods that you get playing for Millwall down the, down the years. Abu Kafafana. Um, whatever became of him, I don't know after he left us. Um, it'd be interesting to find out, actually. So the report continues. The home side, Millwall created their first chance of the afternoon uh, shortly afterwards, but goalkeeper Kelvin Davis in the Ipswich goals equal to Braniff's right-footed shot from the edge of the box. Kuki for Ipswich fired wide from six yards in the 23rd minute and Town were almost made to pay moments later as young midfielder Pete, uh, Sweeney, Peter Sweeney, must have been young still then at that stage, let fly from 25 yards only to see his shot bounce back off the woodwork so he hit the post. The Lions finished a half strong with Nick Chadwick sending two quick fire chances past the post but neither side could make the breakthrough before the break. Ipswich boss Joe Royal, um, whatever became of Joe Royal, hopefully he's in, um, well, no, I was going to say something cruel, I won't say it, um, made a double substitution at half-time, bringing on top scorer Pablo Cunago and Alan Mahon, but they were dealt a blow in the 50th minute as Santos was dismissed. The former Grimsby man tried to pull out of a challenge on Braniff, making minimal contact, but referee Ian Williamson brandished a second yellow card for Santos. Mill then struggled to break down a stubborn rearguard action from town, However, shooting from distance with little accuracy as Paul Eiffel sent a shot high and wide. Paul Eiffel, I don't even remember seeing his name in the team. He's not in the team, is he? The report is bollocks, basically. Paul Eiffel sent sent the shot high and wide when he wasn't named in the in the starting lineup. What utter tosh. How can we trust the BBC? I remember when the BBC was one of the most respected names in world journalism. They just named a, a middle player that wasn't actually in the in the squad who sent a shot high and wide. Davis punched clear uh, an in-swing free kick from Wise in the injury time and substitute Mark Quigley saw a shot blocked by McGreal in the ensuing scramble as Ipswich held on for a nil-nil draw. So there we are. 13 years ago, um, December 2003, nil-nil, Ipswich Town nil. That season, we had, of course, we went on to make the FA Cup final. I'm sure that's going to arise again in these Randy O'Miser sections. Uh, manager up until October that season was Mark McGee and then Dennis Wise taking over as player manager from October 2003 onwards. <clears throat> Average crowd that season, 10,500. Um, so not terribly different to what we what we draw nowadays. Um, player of the year, player of the season, whatever way you want to put it, was Darren Ward. Finished 10th in Division 1 that year.
in the news, in the news in 2003, December, Saddam Hussein, the former president of Iraq, was captured in the small town of Adadwa, I don't know how you say that, by the United States Army. Uh, in, in, later in the month, Libya agreed to eliminate its materials, equipment and programs aimed at producing weapons of mass destruction. So next up, 20 years ago, Randy Omiser generates a 20 now. So we're going to go run back to 20 years ago this weekend, December 14th, 1996, way back to a different time, a different era. AFC Bournemouth won, Millwall won in front of 4,494. Very different Bournemouth then, dear listeners, to the Premier League side that we'll face in the, <coughs> in the FA Cup next, next month. Um, referee uh, R. Styles that day. Finished one all. Half-time Mill leading at 1-0. Finished full-time one each. The Mill team in goal, Tim Carter. Um, a good goalkeeper. Uh, didn't he meet a sad end, Tim Carter? I'll have to do some research before I say these things. Um, otherwise, I could be... Um, no, I won't spec in case I get it all wrong. You know, it's one of the perils of being a podcast. You say stuff off the top of your head. I, I thought we met a sad end, but I'll, I'll have to check that out. Um, Gerard Lavin in defence. Davy Sinclair, what an awful pile of crap he was. Damien Webber, there's a name from the past, replaced in the 30th minute by, by Paul Hartley in this game. Jason Van Blurk, what a great, fantastic name on, 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 the, on the right side of defence. Across the midfield in central uh, midfield, we had Bobby Bowery and Lucas Neal. Lucas Neal, fantastic talent. Bobby Bowery, not... David Savage on the wing and Jason uh, Jason Dare on the wing. Gosh, another, another poor player for me. Uh, up front, Steve Crawford, Mark Bright. Um, finished one all at that particular game. We finished 14th in Division 2 at that time. Manager at the start of the season being John Doherty, the legendary John Doherty, but much less successful in his, in his second spell with the Lions. Um, taken over by, by Jimmy Nicholl. Um, I think around about October of that season, I think Doherty was sacked. Nicholl came in. Um, average home crowd for Lions in, in the 1996-97 Division 2, Tier 3. Um, season was 7,753 on average. So that gives you a taster of how the Lions were doing at that stage. We finished 14th in the league. And I think it was the, the beginnings of the um, of the period which led us up to administration, if, if, rem- if I remember rightly. Um, so, yeah, grim times um, and some one or two players who have promise in that team and one or two a lot less so. In the news, December 1996, President Bill Clinton signed an Electronic Freedom of Information Act in the United States. I'm going by Wikipedia. That's of no particular interest to me, that, that bit of news. Uday Hussein, the uh, son of Saddam Hussein, was seriously injured in an assassination attempt in, in Iraq. Well, we got him a few years later, didn't we? And in New York, Kofi Annan was elected the um, next Secretary General of the United Nations, December 1996. 62 next up from the Randy Omizer. Now that takes us a long way back, back to a period I don't obviously predates me, so I don't remember this at all. We're going to go back to the 11th of December 1954. And that weekend, Mill faced Accrington Stanley in the FA Cup second round. Um, Mill 3, Accrington 2. Um, in front of a crowd, get this crowd, um, given the crowds we've had lately for the FA Cup second round, 17,086 people turned out at the Cold Blow Lane to watch the Lions take on Accrington Stanley, a game we won. Losing at half-time 1-0, we came back to win it with three second-half goals, so we won it 3-2. Goals from Pryor, um, and that was Ken Pryor, um, Fred Ramscar, I'm going to come back to Fred Ramscar later, and Dennis Pacey. Um, now, the, the Mill team that day, this, this was in the era prior to 
substitutes. So no substitutes, just a straight 11. In goal was Malcolm Finlayson. Um, one of the early memories I had when I first started going Millwall was an old chap telling me about the great goalkeepers of the past. At that time, I was um, admiring Brian King, but he told me about Malcolm Finlayson being a good goalkeeper. <clears throat> Name's always stuck in my mind ever since. Uh, I could only be about uh, 12 or 13 when he was talking to me. Across the back line, uh, I put it into a 4-4-2 formation, but I don't know if it would have been. It may have been the old traditional 5-3-2. Um, anyway, we, we won't dwell on that for too long. Uh, Alex Jardine in central defence. We've got Charlie Hurley. There's another resonant name from the olden days. Jack Hayden and Stan Anslow in defence. Midfield, again, I put it into a four-man midfield. It might have been um, three with wingers. Anyway, Ken Pryor, John Short. Fred Smith and George Hazlett. Up front, we have Dennis Pacey and Fred Ramscar. Manager at this time was a legendary figure who I may return to <clears throat> in another show. Um, a fellow by the name of Charlie Hewitt, who was pre-war and post-war Millwall manager. Quite a huge personality at the den, and Mr Millwall, um, he was described at one time. And I think he probably does deserve a show, a section of a show anyway, not a whole show, but certainly a section. In his own right, he had quite a colourful life. Northern bloke, northern manager for Millwall. And he pretty much carved out um, his vision of what Millwall was, certainly before the war when we were very prosperous and looking for, for, for bigger success. And then to a degree post-war as well, but the times were much more austere after the end of the Second World War. So anyway, the Lions progressed from this game, 3-2 win. Uh, we then went out of that season's um, cup competition in the third round away at Bolton 1-0. Now, at this time, we played in a league called the Third Division South. We finished fifth. That was a regionalised um, approach to the Third Division. So that was became the Fourth Division, I think, later in the 50s. At this time, the Third Division was still regionalised into a North and South section. Average home crowd. You've heard 17,000 turned out for this cup game or the average home crowd for league games that season for Millwall 13,921 we'd give our right arms Mr Berylson would give his right arm for you know figures at that level there we are that was post-war uh, the, the hunger for post-war entertainment in, in what were fairly drab times um, in the news at, in 1954 just to give you a picture of how drab those times were, food rationing in the United Kingdom only ended in July 1954. That game I've just been speaking about took place in December, so Christmas. Um, first Christmas without food rationing from uh, the restrictions from wartime. And in the wider news, the first Burger King restaurant was opened in Miami in December 1954. And the country of Laos gained full independence from France in, in Southeast Asia. Now, I always like to choose an obscure line from some of these little... Names. I mean, when you delve back into the past, there are players that you haven't heard of or, or, or have forgotten. Now, I seriously never heard this choice from... I'm going to go for the 1954 team because um, I don't... Obviously, I was born after it, but um, I just genuinely hadn't heard of this player's name at all. Um, a chap called Fred Rams Carr scored a goal in that FA Cup game. And I took a little bit of... Um, not much time, but a little bit of time to research Fred Ramscar. Now, he, he played in um, the 1954-55 season. One season only with Millwall. 32 appearances that season. Six goals. Um, he was signed from Northampton Town in September 1954 and left at the end of the season to go on to Peterborough United. 
born in Salford in Manchester. Um, the Mill History site shows him with a Northern Irish flag. Now, I don't know if they know something I don't. Um, he's born in Salford. I'm going to guess he was English rather than Northern Irish, but I'll, I'll stand to be corrected on that because I don't know. Um, Wikipedia shows him his career um, as a Stockport pre-1939. Now, interesting. I did a little bit of research on on um, on the net for Fred Ramscar, Stockport. And I'm wondering whether he's actually a postman because there's a, a London Gazette page they did 1938 with various, um, they published the, the competition results. They used to have civil service um, examinations. I, I did one actually when I was quite young, civil service exam. for This one for postmen. Um, and Frederick Ramscar of Stockport is showing on there. I'm going to guess that's Frederick Ramscar working as a postman before the war. And probably playing football was a bit of a side thing. And he, he basically passed his... Um, um, post office um, exams as, as, as had the exams to be a postman back then shows you what different era it was anyway wiki shows stockport as a club that he played for so that's quite possible then obviously the the great um intervention of everyone's lives at that time would have been the second world war in 1939 now he's come back to football on wiki um in 1946-47 we played for wolves 16 appearances for wolves um one goal i'd imagine he served in in the forces during the, the second world war then after Wolves, QPR, 51 appearances, four goals, 47 to 50. Then moves on in 1950 to 51 to Preston North End. So he's, he's quite um, he's quite a player that moves around. Preston North End, 19 appearances and four goals, 1950-51. Then the main bulk of his career for Fred Ramscar spent at Northampton Town. 139 appearances for the Cobblers, 55 goals, 1951 to 54. And finally, he comes along to Coblo Lane to Millwall. 30 appearances for us, um, showing on Wiki. Although um, Mill History shows 32 appearances, so a little bit of confusion there. Five goals, according to Wiki. Um, 1954-55. He then moves on to Peterborough, but there are no details from the Peterborough period of, of his career. Um, a couple of references to Fred Ramscar online. I'll just read one out here because there's some other clubs' message boards. Um, well, actually, I've got two here to read. Um, this one was from a Wolves message board, where a chap says he played uh, against Ramscar for War Boys, must be a local side in the in the East Midlands. Um, and Ram, Ramscar at this point was coaching the Northampton A side. He was at the end of his playing career, uh, but with his slight frame, he must have been a great player when when in, in full flow. That's from a website called Your Granddad's Football, um, a history website. And then sadly, um, finally, this is from the Northampton Town Football Club official site, Freddie Ramscar, as they, as they knew him. Uh, Northampton Town Football Club was saddened to learn of the death of former player Freddie Ramscar in May 2003. Freddie was born in Salford in January 1919 and played for the Cobblers between 1951 and 54. They say making 146 appearances, again some confusion there, but 146 appearances according to Northampton scoring 59 goals. So Fred passed away in 2003 in May. Um, a middle player in the 1954-55 season um, and 30, 32 appearances, six goals. We're going to go with a middle history um, designation. Fred Ramscar. Fred Ramscar, rest in peace, mate. Um, good to remember you. So there we are. I hope you enjoyed that little section. Um, that's the Millwall news this week. And we are... Out of here. And I'm not going away with some dirty Northern punts to spit all over me. If he spits over me, I'm not going to play the last of the team.
You've been listening to Octone Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a woman-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.